Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We spoke earlier today to Alex Black, CEO of Rio2. They're a gold developer with assets in Chile. And if you want our thoughts and opinions on that conversation, and indeed the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. You can also find detailed company reports, market commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of commodities. There's also training videos on there. There's summaries of other interviews that we've done. And there's a big thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other. And if you go there now and sign up for the waitlist, you, you get a seven-day free trial. Alex, how are you doing, sir? Good, Matt. Yourself? Not too bad. It's been a, been a while. How are things down in, uh, well, you're in Peru, aren't you? Yeah, I'm in Peru. And I think things are, you know, we're, we're sticking to our protocols down here. It's all about masks, all about distancing, and all about cleanliness. And we're, we're sticking to that. And obviously, you know, the virus has been bad down here. Um, we're just trying to see if we can mitigate because we we haven't had a second wave here, so it's going to be interesting to see if we can mitigate that possibility by just keeping the protocols. The interesting thing, though, what they've done is they've shut the streets down on the weekends, right? So there's no cars on the streets on Sundays, and it's the best thing. Everything's so quiet; people can get around on bikes and skateboards and you know whatever they want but there's no cars on the road. And I tell you, that's one of the best things that's ever happened here in Lima. Um, why is that? What are they trying to stop by doing that? Well, they're trying to stop, you know, the, the, the congregation of people, right? I mean, obviously people can congregate on their, on their bikes and their skateboards, but it's more uh, a family type in, uh, scenario. And you can go to restaurants, but you can only go to restaurants that you can either walk to or, or, or ride to or skate to or whatever. Uh, you can't drive to, a, to, to, to the other side of town to go to a restaurant. So it's just trying to just s- slow things down a bit. It, it, it's, it's, and it's, a, you know, it's not shutting things down. It's just saying no cars on the road on Sundays. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just a very interesting um, um, idea. Well, we, we, we speak to people all around the world, you know, so you can imagine it. I, I love an update, sort of see what different people are doing. And, I, you know, actually had someone, he's actually here in London at the moment, but been looking at what's been going in Canada, Australia, South America, London. Everyone's got a slightly different approach to it. You know, people are quoting, you know, oh, the Swedish got it right. Well, they they, they, they did, but we had a Swedish doctor the weekend saying, no, we, we really didn't. So we're just as bad as everywhere else. So th- this is a little pervasive virus we're dealing with. So... When, when people are looking at Sweden and they look at Peru, for example, you've got apples and oranges, and you can't do that. Right? Just can't do. It. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with it. Well, I had, my point is, I was told Swedish doctor it hasn't worked in Sweden either. So there you go. Yeah. Who knows? Sir? Anyway, well out of my comfort zone, but um, I do want to talk about you because you've got a few press releases, a few things been happening during this. Um, since the last time I spoke to you. So why don't we kick off and just remind people, you know, what you're building first. Give us that one minute overview and I'll pick up on some of these stories. Okay, well, Rio2 is a a one asset company at the moment. We have the Phoenix Gold Project located in Chile in the Maracunga Gold Belt, which is in the Atacama region of Chile. Very prolific uh, mining region. Uh, Phoenix is the largest undeveloped gold heap leach project in the Americas um, that we will be moving into construction next year. The resource base at Phoenix is substantial. It's uh, 5 million ounces of gold, 
constrained within a $1,500 pitch shell. And we're focusing our starter project that we'll be starting construction on next year on a 1.8 million ounce subset of that, which is uh, confined within a $1,225 pitch shell, which demonstrates to people that we're not relying on a high gold price to bring our project into production and it's not viable because of a high gold price. It's actually viable at a very low gold price below the current uh, uh, pricing structure now. So um, that's our story at the moment, and um, and we're firmly on uh, path to 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 achieve uh, construction next year. Okay. Well, I, I want to pick up on some of the things that have happened since we last talked because I, I was attracted to the project. You guys have built mines before. You've built big mines before. You've exited those mines as well. So we're crazy guys. We want, we want to build mines. You so, want to I mean, build mines. Yeah, I mean, look, I look at most of the stories and you'd probably have to say 95% of the, the uh, stories out there in the uh, capital markets are just never going to be built or have no intention of being built. Um, and this mythical, oh, we're going to get taken out by somebody, you know, well, you know, well, they're companies that will pick up in the next cycle. I can tell you that now if they've got anything good. But uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're mind builders. And, and probably one of the reasons our story is just not getting a lot of traction in the market because we're boring. You know, we want to build a mine. We want to build a mining company. How boring is that? <laughs> well, we, we, we shall see. We shall see. But the first, first, one of the first steps to do that is um, obviously appointing the construction um, and civil con- contractors. So that's something that I picked up. You, you, you've done that. So yeah, t- tell us, yeah, tell well, us we now, who, why, how much. Yeah, well, back in July, we announced that we selected our uh, mining contractor, which is Stracon, um, a company that we've worked with before um, here in Peru. Stracon have a Chilean subsidiary and uh, we'll be utilising uh, people from that subsidiary to do our, our mining contracting. Then just recently, we announced that uh, we've also appointed uh, HLC and is and struck on to be involved in the construction of the mine. Now we're a little bit different to other companies, particularly companies that have got big capex projects. Typically, what those companies do is they go, okay, we've we, we, we've done a, a huge feasibility study, and now we're going to go out to you know gold-plated engineering companies to give us an EPCM contract to build our hundreds of millions or whatever size project they have. We don't have to do that. We're actually going to build this project ourselves um, in alliance and, and we're setting up a uh, an alliance agreement with those various contractors where we partner with them and we build the asset. Now, that's what we did with Rio Alto and La Reina and Showindo uh, when we built those two projects and it's exactly the same approach here. So um, uh, that's, that's our... That's our approach, and uh, and that was the reason for putting out that press release. Now, these people we've worked with before, um, it's not as though some people have asked us, well, are you going to do this and bring in a whole bunch of people from Peru? No. I mean, these guys we've worked with before in Peru have the um, uh, capability and we feel the ability to work with us, as, as I've just outlined, and they have subsidiaries in Chile. And those subsidiaries with Chilean personnel, uh, and we've made a commitment to pull people in from 
the, the Atacama region and particularly from Kopiapo. Uh, we have very good relationships with uh, the business leaders in Kopiapo um, that we've been talking to about the development of this project. And, and so it'll be Chileans with the, you know, with, with, with the Chilean subsidiaries of these various companies okay. working for them. Yeah. How are you paying for it all? Well, you know, we've also um, just announced that we've engaged uh, Scotia Capital as a financial advisor in re respect to the construction financing that we'll be seeking. We've been talking a little bit about the financing over the last few months and saying that we're working on ideas and how we're going to finance this. Well, part of the jigsaw puzzle is to have an advisor that becomes the gatekeeper for, for proposals and for uh, assessing uh, the various um, pros and cons of doing various deals. And uh, over the last um, month, particularly September, as you know, there were the two, Den or two Colorado conferences, Beaver Creek and Denver. Uh, we participated in them. We met with a lot of financiers during that time. There's a lot of interest in getting involved in our project. The key to it, though, is how smart and innovative can be, we be in the way we structure financing because we really don't want to go for a vanilla financing where there's, you know, dead equity, um, you know, stream royalty, something like that. I mean, we really want to be as innovative as, as, as we can. Um, we've got some ideas and there's people throwing ideas at us about that. And so we'll see how things unfold. But having Scotia Capital as a gatekeeper is a good way of having an independent to help guide us in, in which direction we should go. So, so what do you mean by that? I'm interested in that. I, I love a bit of structured financing, but you know, in the conventional sense. So what are the options out there? We've heard of people issuing bonds and paying in gold and all sorts of deferments. I mean, what are the sorts of things being thrown at you? Not, you don't necessarily tell what you're going to pick, but... Yeah, I mean, look, you know, a, a, a gold-linked debenture of some sort, um, you know, I mean, there's all sorts of ideas and you, you've just mentioned them. Um, you know, it, it, it's a matter of just seeing what the appetite is in, in the market. And, you know, right now we're dealing with record low interest rates, record high gold prices. So somehow we've got to try and fit in that um, market or, or, or sphere whereby people are looking for yield um, maybe there is something that we can come up with, a product related to the production from Phoenix that can give those that are looking for yield that are not getting yield anywhere else or, or, or reasonable yields anywhere else um, that may be attracted to our story. So we're trying to look at attracting, um, you know, generalist, generalist investors who may not necessarily um, be focused on gold but looking for the optionality on gold. So. Look, you know more, I'm a mining engineer, you know more about this than me. Um, and, and probably there's a lot of people watching this that know a lot more about me than me. But it, it's just a matter of trying to be open and, and, and try and not go the vanilla, you know, uh, boilerplate way uh, to get this thing financed. Let's see if we can do it. Maybe we can, maybe we can't. You know, I might be talking to you in a few months and saying, oh, we took it down to vanilla financing. I hope not. But um, let's see what happens. And by vanilla financing, you mean expensive to shareholders? Exactly. You know, I mean, you know, once again, uh, as, as I've said before, um, and I'll say it again, you know, I'm a large shareholder of this company. Um, we think like shareholders. Um, 
you know, I've seen a lot of financing deals done by companies, equity issued by companies. They don't, really don't give a shit, you know. I mean, you know, they've got a job. Um, they're just after the money and, um, you know, they'll get it however they, they get, get it given to them. And some people become very lazy because there's all these um, groups, bankers, uh, financiers that just offer money up. And for me, you can see some very lazy CEOs just accepting whatever's thrown at them, you know, and, 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 and we're not like that. We, we think a lot about um, the cost of capital and, 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 and capital deployment. And we're financed, right? We're financed all the way to when we, when we need this construction money. But you know what? We did some shitty financing deals to get to this point. We raised most of our money last year before the gold price took off. We dropped our pants um, for a lot of, you know, and for Eric Sprott, you know, um, who's our largest shareholder, who's, who's obviously rubbing his hands when he when he gets involved in a company like us because, you know, unfortunately we, we, we had to do it, right, to get to where we are. Now we're saying, oh, well, you know, we don't want to drop our pants too much, too many more times or if not at all if we can help it. So, so that's really the challenge for us as management is to try and manage that and, and I think, Whatever we do, we've got the you know the the the, the thoughts of our shareholders, like we are uh, shareholders, uh, in mind when we're making those decisions. So, what are these structures? I mean, I'm, I'm interested in this, but I, I would be it's the background, right? So, but you've got these generalists you're talking about, and generalists know nothing. So, but they need to know enough about mining. So what are they buying into? Your track record? Or are you talking about the asset? Or are you talking about the futures of gold? Co- well, that, that's all part of the packaging of what, 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 what is the product that we would be offering those type investors if we go that route. And yes, it'll be track record. It'll be the, the, you know, the belief in what we can do. It'll be uh, what is the, what is the um, uh, stream? But, but as you know, uh, Matt, you know, fixed, fixed income yields are next to nothing right now. So, and there's lots of money in, in, that, in that sphere of investment. So it's a matter of saying, well, hey, you know, we're looking for 100 to 130, whatever the number is, million dollars. Um, maybe we can come up with something very interesting that not everybody's going to want to get into, but select groups might say, hey, that looks like something interesting and I'm willing to allocate some of my portfolio to, 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 to funding that, you know, and, and taking that interesting instrument. And I, I just don't know whether that's going to be the case. We've done a little bit of testing. Um, you know, I've had a, a, you know, we've got a couple of people who've tested a few accounts about this and there's some interest in this. So, you know, let's see. I, well, I think there's a lot of interest in the market as a whole, but, you know, so there's, and a few handfuls of people have actually um, got stuff into, into you know, production, built mines before. So I think, yeah, I'd be interested to see how you get on. Um, so what is the actual brief to um, Scotia Capital? They're, they're the financial, uh, the financial advisor. Obviously, everybody relates Scotia Capital to a lot of things because Scotia Capital is an M&A, Scotia Capital is in, um, you know, corporate financing, et cetera, like that. They're not financing. They're an advisor. So we've we've got a very good relationship with Scotia um, that we've had over the last couple of years. And, you know, it's all about just working with them on looking at the various options that are presented to us and, and, and 
assessing those options. So Got it's it. really an advisory role, not a not a financing role. Got it. However, you know, it could lean itself into that if if we go there, because as you know, Scotia is a big group, but really it's it's a financial advisory mandate. That's what's, the, what's the timing on this? You know, you, you've done it a few times. So um, Yeah, look, I mean, we, we, we've, we've also been vocal about this, that we really need uh, the financing in place by about April, May next year, um, because that's when we're going to have to start looking at lead item orders. And uh, also we want to get, you know, we want to get started on the ground, do some what we call pre-construction activities, get our camp ready, get various things together. And, and so there'll be a, a gradual build-up of, of, of um, uh, I guess, expenditure. Um, so we don't need all the money in one one lump. We can take it over time. That's all part of the strategy as well about how, how, how we get to sync finance. Okay, talking of money, got a press release here. It says, Rio 2 expanding Chilean footprint with new exploration strategy. Why? Why do you feel the need to do that now? Well, once again, we're a business that needs to sit down and think about things as, as things evolve. Now, as you know, we have been very vocal about becoming a multi-asset precious metals company. And I can tell you now, probably in the four years that this is, you know, we've been kicking rocks uh, and looking at opportunities, we've probably signed close to 100 CAs with various companies. And... Things came to almost a screeching halt when the gold price took off a few months ago, right, or late last year. And a lot of the things we we were looking at from an M&A perspective sort of just went into Disneyland valuations for for no reason, right, Um, no reason apart from gold price. So, um, you know, we looked at ourselves and said, well, are we really going to do an M&A transaction any time soon? It's getting more and more difficult. And then, you know, we, we thought, okay, let's let's look backwards and where are we? What are we doing business in? We're Chile, right? And, uh, you know, how much gold mining is happening in Chile? Not a lot, right? So um, we thought, well, why don't we, why don't we really give Chile a good, good looking at and, um, and uh, really try and capitalise on our position there and also the leverage that we generate out of building Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix is going to come with a lot of eyeballs in Chile. Um, business, etc., are going to look at us. They're going to see us as serious operators. And so, you know, we're going to try and leverage off that. But in Chile, Chile's underdone from a gold perspective. As we all know, it's a huge copper country, iron ore country as well, um, but not so much in gold. And... Uh, so we, we, we've done some research. We've got our antenna up. We've just um, uh, employed Ignacio Ramos as our exploration manager. He's a good young guy uh, with a lot of good ideas, a lot of energy, uh, working under our SVP geology, Enrique Garay, who, um, who is based here in Lima with me. Um, so, you know, it was all about that, just looking at it and saying, well, is there anything we can generate ourselves um, uh, over and above any of this M&A we've been chasing. Okay. I, I can understand that. It, you're also in quite a boring period of development, right? You're about to, I know, the market is just like, oh, come on. Is this just part of trying to make it sound a little bit sexy and add a little bit of sizzle to the story? Well, if we find something, sure, it'll be sexy. 
I mean, look, you know, we're pretty pragmatic about exploration, and we're going to talk a lot, a lot about the the areas that we're we're venturing into and where we're looking and where we're exploring until we find something. <laughs> but uh, sure, if we found something uh, interesting in Chile, then then it becomes sexy. We start drilling some holes, it becomes even sexier, and and yeah, it sort of fills the gap a little bit. But but it also makes a lot of sense that that's what's next in Chile. Right, and we might as well start now with what's next and try and generate it uh, as best we can. Okay, I'm going to take a slight slight segue here because I want your help. You said you signed over a hundred CAs or MOUs with you know a variety of companies that you've been looking at. You didn't pick a single one. So what do you know about? Companies. So, what kind of companies did you decide? We're going to look at companies that look like this. So, you got all of these, you know, various conversations going on, and then for one reason or another, you kind of cut through them. Then your diligence said they don't have the following features, so that doesn't cut muster with us. So, what were the things that you were looking for that you could not find? It just helped investors to maybe have look at things a different way. Well, I, I guess. More than fifty percent of the things that we've seen are, are rubbish, right? And uh, why rubbish? How? Well, because we're mining guys. We know <laughs> we we know what an economic deposit and how to how to advance a project to an economic uh, um, uh, end game, which is to build a mine, uh, is all about. So, um, you know, drill holes in the ground don't make a mine, and that's what I keep saying. You know in this bull run that we're going through and people drilling holes, uh, some without resources um, and um, and some that come out with a resource estimate and go, oh, look how small that is, you know. Everybody goes, well, shit, what happened there? You know, you were drilling all these holes. Uh, that's how it works. So so anyway, um, some some of them just didn't cut the mustard. But then we also, you know, you've got to find a dance partner, right? And there's another CEO on the other side. Um, who, who we're obviously talking to. And it's like when we do get warm on something, we go, hey, you know, let's let's look at dancing here. Um, it gets to, whoa, 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 you know, but, you know, um, so how is this going to work? Where do I fit into this? How, how is this going to, you know, happen? And, and all in a lot of cases, all we're asking for is just hand the keys over because what you're handing over is your shareholders, not your job, Right. You're not foregoing your job. You are handing your shareholders to a, what you believe, us plus you, will become a much rosier future than just you on your own. That's all we're asking for. And let me tell you, um, there's a lot of C-suites out there that are just so, you know, i got to hold those keys, you know. And now, with the gold price where it is, they're all raising money and they can afford to hold those keys for, for a little while longer. Um so, so unfortunately, that's that's what it is. And and then the other thing is because we haven't got a lot of traction in the market, you know, we've got to look at how our valuation stacks up against their valuation. Now, um, you know, I might think that we should be in Finland and should be looking at Rupert Resources, who've just got a few drill holes in the ground, but I've got a hundred and fifty million dollar Canadian market cap, and they've got a billion dollar. Canadian market cap with a few drill holes, so um, <laughs> I'm not, you know, that that obviously stops me from from even thinking about talking to to Rupert Resources about what they're doing. 
So, so there's a lot of things that come into it. And unfortunately, what does always tend to have to happen is the stars have got to line up and um, you've got to be in the right place at the right time trying to do the right deal. And if that's the case, then it'll happen. Okay, so there's lots of reasons why you don't come together. Um, I was interested in a bit about your ability to assess projects as to whether or not they'll ever be Undoubtedly, there's a lot of rubbish out there. Right. right. I guess and that's what I'm not getting. Only rubbish, not only rubbish, but also things that need a hell of a lot of work that won't be a mine in the next five years. And that's the other thing we look at is how quick can that asset, that, that company, that would cut out a lot of the, uh, the yeah. dancing around. But um, for those development projects that we're looking at, if they're, if they're long dated more than five years, forget about it. Yeah, time is money. Um, okay, thanks for that. One more thing, if, if you don't mind. Well, actually, a couple more things probably. But uh, you, you did something recently, and I want to talk to you about the sort of social media side of this in a second. But t- tell me about uh, Sixth Wave, because um, I was intrigued by this, because I always, lo- always keep saying to people, this industry needs to reinvent itself. It needs to change. It needs to ch- you know, be more outward looking, more modern, more, you know, using use of AI, use of new technologies, be green, all of those things that it needs to do. So I I was just intrigued by the sixth sixth wave innovations um, agreement that you signed. I mean, tell us a little bit about it first. Yeah, well, it's exactly as you say, you know, we're all about innovation and and embracing technology. I would hope that uh, once we expand Phoenix to a much bigger project than the starter project um, that, that we're going to initiate, that when we go to big haul trucks, et cetera, we're going to look at autonomous autonomous trucks and, and try and, and which which are obviously in place now. And, and, and so so we're all about embracing as much technology as we can, even though we're we're a small company. So sixth wave innovations are a listed entity. And um, I, I found them on on social media. Actually, that's how that's how how well social media works. But I found them on social media. Um, they are offering this nanotechnology that they're developing for various industries. One of which is the mining industry, and it's all about replacing carbon as the absorption method for um, carbon and leach um, uh, processing plants. So basically, typically what you have is you have this granulated carbon in tanks, you pump the loaded cyanide uh, through those tanks and the gold is attracted to the carbon, right? And then you strip the gold out of the carbon and and you do it. And that's what we're planning to do. But what Sixth Wave have is a replacement for the carbon. They have this nanotechnology polymer that they've come up with and they've said, would you like to trial that? And we said, why wouldn't we? I mean, it's going to cost us nothing. And because we've decided to do that, they said, well, we'd like to um, publicise that because we're a listed company. We said, yeah, let's do a joint listing, a uh, joint announcement. And, um, and and off we went. So, but some people misconstrued all that to say, well, shit, there must be something wrong with the process at Phoenix because these guys are chasing this other technology so, you know, everything must be unravelling at Phoenix and, oh, shit, we better run for the hills. It's not that at all. We're just embracing technology, trialling 
technology. If it works, we will see what happens next and we will convey our thoughts to the market as we develop. It may not work as well as carbon. It, it's really um, deposit dependent. So um, that's what Six Wave was about. We're looking forward to working with them. The first step is we've got to send, a, a, I think it's a five or seven kilo sample to their uh, laboratory in uh, Salt Lake City in, in Utah. And, um, and then we'll see what the results come out like and then we'll go from there. Okay, so I just want to be really clear because I think you've answered my next question, which was, so is there anything wrong with the, the current process you're intending to use? No, no, we're going to use carbon like everybody else does and like we did at the last two mines we built. However, if this proves to be um, uh, viable as a replacement for carbon, it will lower CapEx and it will lower OPEX. So why wouldn't we, as a mining company, be looking at that as a way to save money? You know, so that's, what, that's our job. Um, and um, so let's see if we can do it. Okay. No, by the way, I'd, I'd love to know more as, as results come through, because like I said, I'm, I, I like the idea of, of new technologies coming in, especially if it saves money. Um, it's nanotechnology. Just, just Matt, this nanotechnology, I've, I've, I've done a bit of research on it. it it's going gonna, it's gonna, to, and it's starting to uh, creep into the battery market. It's going to revolutionise, you know, all sorts of things, you know, battery, song, group. It, it's really interesting. And, um, and, you know, it's not my field, but I'm willing to let somebody play with our materials, see if it might work. Absolutely. No, we've interviewed an Aussie company that's um, trying to be at the forefront of that. I'm, I'm, it, it fascinates me for, for sure. But I wanted, I, I keep, at the beginning of that question, I did say, I wanted to ask you something else in relation to this, is we've seen some quite negative press, not press, I won't even, even give her that moniker. I've seen some very <laughs> negative comments on social media by some was well, a newsletter writer or you know, a couple of people who, well, it, it seems to be, I don't know about it, maybe this is too strong, but it seems to be just making it up as they go along because it suits their agenda um, in relation to your, your company, okay? So uh, have, have you, what's your view on this? Because we've talked in the past about people shorting, shorting your stock, you know, naked shorting. We've, you know, I think all CEOs have to put up with a bit of aggro, but you're, you're kind of quite out there. How do you, how do you feel about all this? Well, well, I'm, I'm one of the more vocal mining CEOs on Twitter, probably the vocal. Um, and, you know, I mean, I'm civil in, in my comments about, various things that I see. Uh, people make comments about countries. I'll give a, uh, a comment or I'll, I'll, I'll put up a, a nice little gif about my, uh, my, my reaction to juris, you know, jurisdiction risk or whatever you want to call it. Um, there are stock promoters in, in, in Mintwit, as they call it, or Mining Twitter, um, that are promoting their own book. Um, good on them, you know. Um, there's a lot of people following those those people. Good on them. Um, you know, it's all about sharing ideas, sharing uh, information. But yeah, I mean, we we have been attacked, or I have been attacked, and so is Rio too, uh, by um, you know not many. In fact, only one real stock promoter uh, on Twitter um, who I thought would 
potentially get on with his life um, after we had a disagreement about a, a company that uh, he was promoting and, and I made some, you know, some, some negative comments about, I guess you could call them negative, but not uh, outwardly, um, you know, abusive or anything like that. Just, just my, my personal opinion. And since then, you know, I thought, well, sleeping dogs lie, you know, let's, let's move on. But uh, just recently, it was recent in September, you know, he's, he was putting out some garbage on, on, on Twitter about um, us and lots of the topics, including this sixth wave about, well, there must be a problem with metallurgy at Phoenix because, look, these guys are going to, to this technology. And it's like, you know, why are you doing that? You know, why are you putting this garbage out there, these lies? Um, you know, promote your stocks, move on. Um, but you know, don't come back and, and tarnish something that uh, is, is not, has got no basis for it, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, the comments about insider selling, comments about, you know, sixth wave, comments about there was a scam last year uh, called the Bridgemark scam in, in, in Vancouver that involved a number of companies, not us, but he says that it was us. And, and the only common denominator between any of those companies and us was a legal company, uh, our, our legal counsel, which could be anybody, you know. I mean, <laughs> um, but, you know, we weren't implicated in the scam. Um, but the way he, he, he pr promoted that was that we were. And, um, and, and the impact was pretty instant because the next two days of trading, we sold down 4 million shares on the back of no news. The anonymity of social media gives otherwise quite insignificant individuals a voice with no uh, repercussions, with with no ability to go back at them because no one knows who they are. They can hide well, in the well, well, you know, you know what I call it. You know, I'm on Twitter as Alex Black. Yeah, you're on Twitter as Matthew Gordon. Um, a lot of the people I follow on Twitter are as, as they are. But I think when you get these people, and I, I understand anonymity, fine, no problem. But these people who get, um, uh, uh, who attack companies in a negative sense on Twitter, who hide behind a pseudonym, for me, I call them gutless, right? I call them gutless. You kind of want to know the person's intellectually capable of or being qualified enough to actually make the point. That would be a nice start. But there we go. Alex, we better wrap it up there for the uh, for the day. I know you've got things to be getting on with. Um, we'll speak again soon. Appreciate your time and your candidates. Yeah, we've got a lot of things. We've got a lot of other things happening in the background um, that haven't been announced. So obviously, you know, I'll come back again, hopefully in the not too distant future and update people with with what we're doing. Um, I like to finish off and just say to people, I am transparent. You can find me at alex.black at rio2.com. You can send me emails, ask me questions. I've received lots of emails from various people and I always answer them, which is great. Um, any question you have, please contact me. I'm not hiding behind a rock. Um, I'm a real person and uh, happy to, to, to deal with whatever uh, thoughts you have. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. 
We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.